0: Thought leaders, storytellers, and griots, sharing personal highlights on Stories of the Week.
1: 7.37, and indeed, this is the time where we look at small stories, big ideas, massive inspiration, stories that are coming out of the media, that may be between the pages, that may not necessarily be on the front Headline of the news, but they're stories which uh, we really like to address and think about. And the first one we're going to is a space called Vic Yards or Victoria Yards, which is found in the area of Lawrenceville. And it's just won itself a major international award for a very pioneering example of uh, what they call gentrification, but without the displacement. And that's an absolutely critical point to make because gentrification with the displacement is a major, major issue. On the line with us is Brian Green, who's the lead developer of Vic Yards. Brian, thank you so much for joining us.
0: Hi, Michelle. Thank you.
1: Brian, let's uh, just describe to us where Vic Yards is for our listeners.
0: Well, I always find the easiest way to tell people it's in Bez Valley, which it isn't. It's in Lawrenceville. But it's in the Bez Valley area, which is just east of Ellis Park Stadium.
1: And the space itself, describe it to our listeners.
0: Well, it used to be a massive old, um, what, Bez Valley or Victoria Yards? No, the Vic Yards, yeah. So Victoria Victoria Yards used to be a massive old laundry when laundries were really big business. um, And they had had a few big laundries in Johannesburg. One is the Zulu Laundry, which is now Rand steam, and... um, the Victoria, Yard, Victoria Yards Laundry, which was um, the American Laundry and um, a couple of other laundries that were these big old industrial buildings with steam rooms and boiler rooms and lots of pipes going everywhere. And uh, they're just lovely old kind of post-Victorian buildings that were um, spread out over this 30,000 square meters that, uh, that straddles the Yitzke River.
1: So the space itself, when you joined it, and, and the reason I'm talking about the space as it as it was, is that the idea of winning the award was very much for, as they say, pioneering an example of gentri- gentrification without displacement. So there was no displacement of the community that lived around the area, but in fact what the building in many ways does, or the precinct does, is offer an opportunity to grow investment and the like. Tell us a little bit about what you've done with that space and what it has meant for people who live in the area.
0: Well, Victoria Yards is, as I said, it's 30,000 square meters, 10,000 is untouched, um, regards development at the moment, but the first 20,000 square meters, um, had the critical mass and size, um, to make a difference, uh, to the neighborhood and to make a difference to the success of our business, which is, which, um, is what this is all about. Because without making a business that um, you know worked, we we couldn't have we couldn't have invested in the in the area. So what we the whole idea was to um, was to get involved as much as we possi- possibly could with the community um, in order to sustain the business over the long over a, a long period. And we kind of set about doing this from the very outset, it was one of the principal kind of guiding um, factors. And there were three factors, one was food security, one was involvement with the community, and one was um, getting artisanal workshops and um, to show the public and the community um, that there is beauty in artisanal craft. And also they'd taken vocational uh, training out of schools And we thought it would be a very good way of kind of putting it into an environment that was beautiful aesthetically and that was practical and um, kind of put the message out that this is how these things work or can work.
1: You know, Brian, what's what's wonderful about the space, and you've raised it, is that it's beautiful, but it's also practical. So, when one walks through the space, there are massive food gardens, and it talks to what you say about food security. How does that actually work, and who comes in, and who is, has access to those the plants, the food, the vegetables, etc.?
0: Well, everyone has access to buying the plants and the
1: food. Yeah.
0: Um, what what we had to do. Um, uh, what we had to do is fix the soil because the soil had been really battered by the previous tenants um, that were there for years and years, old panel shops and uh, panel beaters um, so so we fixed the soil and then we did the we did the the vegetable gardens because we, food security exactly was um is was and is a problem kind of going forward and we made it we, it's kind of got an open gate policy so People walk through the gates and they see the vegetables and they invariably walk into your office and say, Is somebody selling the vegetables. That's what happens on a daily basis. A lot of people know about the vegetables. Now we use fantastic techniques to grow the vegetables. There's no chemicals or pesticides. It's all very natural using vermiculture and um, um, biochar, charcoal. And um, so, so the veggies are great. They're available. We sell them on the market that we have every first Sunday excuse me, every first Sunday, and we sell them daily. So they, yeah, they're accessible and available.
1: Talk about the artisanal projects that take place. I mean, one of the, the really beautiful things is that you do see very small um, micro-entrepreneurs working from there, but you also see large art galleries, uh, not galleries necessarily, but certainly studios for artists. Um, there's a couple of artists, perhaps you can name them, who are there currently doing really, really amazing work, but also who have now the space to work out of... Uh, and, and a community within there of, of artists as well?
0: Well, okay, so artists are, are one factor, and we have, I suppose, um, we've got the Blessing Ingo and yeah. Chris Soles, who are kind of A-grade, top-line, top top-drawer artists that are, have got big and very productive studios where they get artisans to help them finish their works and make their works like, some, like all of the great artists have not done, like William Kendridge and you know, Andy Warhol, they all had they had teams of people helping them and working, and um, these people invariably come from the area, and that kind of feeds into the whole the, the whole idea of Vicky Arts that yeah. um, we're supporting the people from from yeah. and around the area. So it creates an but, ecosystem. You know, yeah, exactly. But you know, the the artists are one thing. I'm a very I'm a lover of art and. Um, that is one facet of what we do, yeah. but then we have extraordinary um, artisans like David Crano who is an artist in a sense, who yeah. runs the big wooden the, the big uh, carpentry shop or furniture shop um, yeah. across the river, and it goes all the way down to people making, you know, um, poolside furniture, but with beautiful fabrics and canvases, and and then we've got um, people that are. Um, knitting beautiful jerseys yes. and crocheting stuff and what we try and do um, across the board is we try and produce a product that is world class and in many, many cases we have, I mean, Wench are making the most incredible interiors lighting and, um, you know, yeah. um and th- you get the feeling, my goodness, where, wow, wow with this place in Lawrenceville and this extraordinary craft and product coming out of this area and I think we've just set our, we've set the goal quite high, and we we really are managing in many many ways to actually achieve what we set out to achieve, with with um, with all of this this um, beautiful product coming out of Brickyard.
1: You talk about the beautiful product. You talk about the fact that um, people are then brought in to do work as well with that product. Um, I'm thinking of blessing uh, Ngomene and the people that he probably works with in regards to his studio. How many people do you think are finally getting work within that space? You know, if you expand it to maybe not all the full-time stuff, but certainly people who may be getting work on a daily basis or a weekly basis or whatever the case may be.
0: Well we'll never really have well, I mean, we could do a little study and you find should. out exactly, but you should. yeah we should but we do know <laughs> we do know that um, for instance, David Crano has got upwards of thirty people that live in the area working for him. yeah, so that's quite a fundamental amount that's quite a fund- fundamental kind of number yeah um, and we and you know that's one business. so we've probably got I would say upwards of eighty to a hundred people. From the area um, that walk to work and um, are, you know their children are close, their homes are close, and that's that just makes the community sing. Mm. It's, it's it's such a it's such a lovely thing to be able to to do to kind of get get out of bed, put on your clothes, and walk to work. Um, yeah. And on the way to work, you passing that the butcher and the baker and the candlestick maker kind of thing. Yeah. And um, it's it's community building. It really and truly is community building.
1: You know, I, I, I know that in that area as well, you've got uh, the Nando's uh, Central Kitchen, C S uh, C K. And as the headquarters in many ways of Nando's here in South Africa, it also talks to an investment into an area which uh, – could have upliftment and also i mean what's amazing about ck is you just you know across the road there are people that live there and just across the other road there are other people that live there and it really does start to say if businesses can invest holistically and mm. that includes yourself that one could see major shift and change in urban areas
0: yeah i do i do think that um I, we can certainly see that, and I think that the um, you know the, the Rosen family and the, and Nando's and Fernando um, that started there all that time ago and made the absolute decision not to move from the area um, because that's where they started all their um, their uh, bottling and it was a small part of the Nando's um, business. Yeah, and and I think it was Robbie that just said, "We're not leaving here. We can go and put up another factory somewhere else." but this is our heart and soul. Mm. And, you know, that kind of attitude 17 or 18 years ago was momentous because that area is and was rough. And, you know, you had all of these people kind of popping into work, making tons of money, (laughs) be a Porsche pulling into the garage, having driven through, through Bez Valley. But, you know, that, that's not important. What's important is that they decided to stay, and the, and the area has as we wouldn't have gone in if they weren't there. We we didn't have the guts. We yeah. wouldn't have had the guts to do it without Nando's and, and 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 that family. Yeah. Um. We got in, and um, we've kind of fixed up our pavements, and we fixed up internally. We we apart from the the, the social work that's being done through instruments within. Um, uh, Victoria Yards um, you know we haven't really done anything beyond our borders but what starts happening is you get this little ripple effect a very gentle uplifting of the area where you see less rubbish on the streets and you see um, less chaos and even in some instances less cr- crime and, and cars slowing down because there's kind of more activity
1: Yeah.
0: so slowly slowly and I think that's the answer you don't want rapid um, you don't want the place to change rapidly because then that that kind of um, excites um, speculators who come in and want to invest in the property and bump out all the residents and and uh, that's gentrification. We don't yeah. want that. Yeah, we yeah. do, but we don't.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. I yeah, hear that.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: In closing, we have to go to a break. The award, the Urban Land Institute's award um, for excellence. You uh, must be feeling great about that, eh? Hey?
0: Yeah, it was it was such a it was extraordinary recognition of what we ultimately set out to achieve four years ago, um, and in in four very short years we we won this um, very prestigious international award and were up against companies with real money, businesses with real money, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars um, for buildings that went up in the Netherlands. Two of them, we we we, were, we won on the stage. There were three winners, and um, you know we we were. Rip- um, we were recognized for our responsible, inclusive property development. So, yeah, I mean, we couldn't have done it without my incredible partners, um, who, had, who just kind of let me do what I wanted to do. And, um, without the, you know, the, the neighborhood, the support, it was, it's, it's, it's quite amazing. It really is. I'm just kind of gobsmacked that we, we got so far so quickly.
1: Well, we celebrated with you. That's Brian Green, the lead developer on Victoria Yards. It's in Lawrenceville. They're open to the public on the first Sunday of every month. Just go there. Check it out. You might want to buy a few things. You might want to get some vegetables. You might want to do something special. Seven fifty.